For a long time, I've wanted to connect with the ladies at the Glow Collective. We've been watching what they're doing from a distance for a while now from the Awaken Your Glow events and the workshops and the retreats and always interested to find out what's going on. But what I didn't expect was that not only are they growing and expanding by offering a co-working space, but they also used a crowdfunding program called ATB Booster in Alberta here to help move their business to the next level. So that really sparked an interesting discussion about some of the best practices that they learned and some of the advice that they would have to entrepreneurs in general, as well as uh, primarily women entrepreneurs, which is who they serve. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode and as always, give me some feedback. people will watch um will watch the video so anywhere from 10 to 25 will watch it live so okay here we go i am there we go we're live so welcome to shannon and chelsea from the glow collective to the show quote unquote <laughs> <laughs> um so Lots of people have probably seen some of the events that you guys have put on or maybe have been watching from afar. So what I'd love to do is just kind of briefly, let's start by talking about what the Glow Collective is and or, or what your vision of it is right now. And then we're going to talk a bit about who you guys are individually, and then we're, we're going to dive into what you guys have been up to. So why don't we just kind of start with what is the Glow Collective? Do you want to ask Shannon or do you want me to? <laughs> you can go first. <laughs> um, the Glow Collective is really, it comes down to it's a place to support women in business, somewhere to feel safe, supported, and somewhere to rise together. Um, as business owners, we are in a partnership, but we find it really lonely sometimes in a partnership because you just have each other to bounce ideas off of. And if you're a sole proprietor, I mean, it's even more lonely. So creating just a safe environment for people to come together and knowing that you can ask each other for help, knowing that it's a safe environment, learn from each other's experiences and rise together. Um, so we were starting in 2019 with just our panel events. And then for 2020, we've expanded and have created a workspace and event space in downtown Grand Prairie. Awesome. So where did you guys start then? So like, have you been partners for long or what's kind of been your experience kind of leading into creating the Glow Collective? Um, so we both had businesses separately. So I'm a holistic nutritionist and yoga teacher. And so I would host retreats on my own. And uh, Chelsea attended a bunch of those retreats. And oh, but first I should probably mention that we're cousins through marriage. Okay. So that's how we know each other. <laughs> we'll go back from the very beginning. So I'm married to her cousin. Okay. Um, and so we knew each other through family. And then we had our own businesses separately. And then Chelsea owns uh, Guided Synergy magazine. Okay. And so she wanted to get into retreats through the magazine again, because back in the day, they used to do their own retreats. And so we just started talking and collaborating together. And then we started out doing retreats with Awaken Your Glow events. So that was our first company together. And then it uh, grew into the Glow Collective. And we started that in the summer of 2017. And then we did that all throughout 2018. And then we realized that there was a niche in the market for women in business events in Grand Prairie. And so that's where the Glow Collective uh, started from in 2019. Oh, fantastic. And so you mentioned the magazine, Chelsea, but has there, what other things were you kind of involved in leading up into creating this? Um, well, fresh out of college, I got right into the magazine and I kind of grew through that. Okay. Um, 
And then I became the editor also of The Bargain Hunter in Grand Prairie. Um, So I was the one who was laying that out and typing up ads. And it really wasn't my focus anymore. My focus was getting back into that holistic world and being with those people. I mean, it was fun to work with the farmers and all that, but they're not my people. It was like the holistic world I was really missing. So I would go to Shannon's retreats and do things like that with her to kind of get that side. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I really missed planning events. Shannon and I, I don't know, the more we get to know each other, it's funny. Cause it's like, yeah, I, I wanted to be an event planner. I wanted to be a wedding planner. Oh, I wanted to be an interior planner. So it's funny to see how many things like that we never got a chance to do or that we didn't, you know, do on our own that we're kind of just like morphing our business into. Right. So, um, so, so you kind of started out with these events to kind of start to build this community and then you evolved the Glow Collective to kind of sustain the community. Is that kind of a good assessment of, so it's an ongoing thing as opposed to once in a while you bring the community together? Yes. And that was one of our like main focuses was making sure that we had consistent events. Okay. It's really me in 2020 because we haven't been able to have a Glow Collective. We were really busy working on getting our space up and running and then we got shut down with COVID. So it's unfortunate, but we really, really were trying to create like a consistent place that women in business had a home. Right. And so as you bring women together, like um, I know in the past I've been involved in in other things, bringing women in business together. But this is kind of a different mindset. Like what when people come to you, when women come to your events, what are some of the problems or concerns that they're kind of coming and talking about? Is it specific like business stuff or is it kind of more like vision and like where am I going and how can I do the things I want to do or is it practical like how do I juggle you know my kids and and the business and everything else or or what what kinds of things come out of those events I really feel like it's a good mix of the two we have women who are like very much there at the because we do the panel events so there's a topic so maybe it's social media so we have people who are very much there with their notepads and they're writing down everything they're learning and really absorbing it. But then we have women and we have women who don't even own businesses who are just looking for a connection and they're just looking for a place to, you know, leave their kids at home and come to and somewhere they can feel at home to and create those connections. But when you walk around the room and hearing what people are talking about, there's all kinds of ideas coming out. There's visions, there's aha moments. It's, it's very humbling to, it's a very humbling experience for Shannon and I, for sure. Yeah, and you don't have to be a woman in business necessarily to attend our events. Lots of our attend, lots of our topics of our events uh, will pertain to everyone. Like we have lots of moms, um, moms in business. We we had a topic, and that necessarily it was directed towards business, but lots of the tips were towards any mom. So, is there kind of one big theme that comes out of um, the conversations that that women have that you could kind of pinpoint, or some of the challenges that that women are facing? I think connection, like just craving that connection and that safe space, because we see it mostly in our masterminds. Like that's a really good example that people are like, I, I love having now these, all these friends that get me because Mm -hmm. even though we do have a lot of women in business in our community, a lot of my friends, a lot of Shannon's friends, they're not in business, so they don't understand. So it's nice to, to just have that connection to, to know that your friends that you're attending these events with are also those friends you can call up and say, Hey, had a really shitty week. What do you think? Do you think that we should rework this? Would you mind coming in and listening to me or reviewing my website or things like that? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest benefits of coming to our event is the that networking and the connection that you gain with people. 
Yeah, we create a safe place for women in business to talk about problems or issues that they're having in their business or wanting to brainstorm future ideas. We um, create a place for them to do that. Awesome. Yeah, I can remember a few times in my life going, man, I've got really good friends, but I don't have like a friend that gets all of the sides of my life. Like if I have really good friends that maybe don't understand what it's like to make payroll or, you know, I have really good friends that don't understand what it's like to balance the work and the family or, you know, like there's just all these different facets and it's hard to find someone that gets it right. And we also have a program that we, I guess, yeah, we call it a program that if you don't know anybody or you feel alone and you just, you know, you don't want to walk into a room full of just women who probably do know each other, we ask that you just reach out to us and we'll connect you. We have members that love bringing new people on or we'll connect you with people who haven't been before as well. So is it like you mentioned members? So how does this work for you now? So obviously you've evolved from where you were to where you are today. Actually, let's talk about your co-working space first. So Tell me where, where that came from, where it is, what it what its goal is, and, and then we'll talk about the members of your collective. It's, it's an idea that I've had for years and years and years, but it's such a new idea in Grand Prairie that it was pretty intimidating to start it before without having this community. So now that we've created this community, it was like the, just the next step for us. Right. I'll let you elaborate, Shannon. Yeah. And so the co-working uh, space is a place where women can gather together, work on their day-to-day tasks, but then also can collaborate with other women. So for example, if you go to a coffee shop and you have an idea that's something that you want to come up with, you I personally wouldn't feel comfortable going to the table next to me and saying, hey, what do you think about this idea? Whereas in a co-working space, um, we're creating a collaborative environment. So you can go up to the person next to you and say, hey, I want to brainstorm this. What do you think about this new idea? And then you can gain feedback from other people. Right. And so, yeah, like we've seen co-working spaces popping up all over, especially in the city. I think there's one over by um, the Motion Fitness in that area too. So where physically is your your co-working space going to be located when it can be open? (laughs) We're right downtown um, Kitty Corner to, or right across the street from um, the farmer's market, right where that new apartment's being built in the Peace Building. We've actually taken over part of the Radlife's yoga studio. So if you're familiar with that, we took over their second, their second floor. So their original space. Okay, fantastic. So describe kind of how that works in terms of someone wanted to come there and and wasn't like a part of what you've already built. What, what would they do? Or how would that work for them? Um, I would definitely recommend going to our website, kind of getting a feel for what we're about. We're not just a regular co-working space. We're one that's um, specifically designed for women. So we brought in pink couches and we have lots of photo props and lots of different furniture for you to use that for your branding or photo shoots or whatever. Um, But I would recommend that you reach out via our website and book a tour with us. And then either Shannon or I um, would meet with the new member and just walk them through our space. Um, We say that we're kind of like a coffee shop, but without all those distractions that a coffee shop has, but we have, um, we'll have treats. We've got coffee and tea, bubbly water, Um, but we also have the amenities that an office has that without that stuffy corporate feel. So we have like a stapler and a hole punch and a printer highlighters. Cause that drives me nuts when you're at a coffee shop and all of a sudden it would just make your life so much simpler if you could just print that two pieces of paper and you can't. Right. So we bring in those amenities. And is there like a room where maybe you could meet with uh, potential customers or clients there that's kind of private or is all kind of a, a, a large open space or. 
we do have a little private room in the back, but we're working on actually putting a wall up and making it like completely private. Mm-hmm. But included in our um, our memberships and I believe our daily passes includes like um, a pass to bring somebody in to meet. So you don't have to pay the additional fee for somebody to come and meet for a one hour meeting. Right. And what about events? I'm assuming that some of your events will be held there. Yeah. So we do have an event space that's right off of the co-working space. And that is where we're, we will be hosting our uh, glow panels, our um, summer soirees or events like that. Um, and then people can also rent it out for bridal showers, baby showers, birthday parties, um, any workshops or meetings that they want to do, they can rent it out as well. And I'm assuming it has like screens and chairs and all the things you would ever kind of need for, for an event or a presentation. Yeah. And it's a very beautiful, bright white room. So it's perfect for, um, like any backdrop you can dress it up or it's beautiful on its own. Yeah. And it fits up to 60 people. So it's good size. I've heard of some co-working spaces building like little studios for say podcasting or doing what we're doing here today. Is that something that's on your list for the future? Absolutely. Definitely. (laughs) We definitely have a plan to expand and we definitely have a list of what that looks like. Yeah. Fantastic. It's going to be awesome. It sounds like it. And I know that COVID uh, obviously has kind of put a damper on your progress. Um, What does that look like now to for your plans like obviously you're probably like you have a plan and then you go nope got to rework that got to rework it again but right now realistically what do you think is going to be your potential kind of launch for your co-working space being such a niche business like a co-working space we honestly are struggling to figure out where we fit in that phases plan Mm -hmm. um we are bringing people together close knit um, and asking our clientele to come out and wear a mask for eight hours a day and work outside their home. And a lot of, like Shannon had mentioned, a lot of our clientele are moms in business. So they still have kids at home and childcare isn't readily available. So we're trying to kind of navigate that tricky little, you know, COVID, everything to do with COVID. And you're right. Like our plans change. Like we make up, we make a good solid plan. And then, you know, two days later, it's like, okay, maybe we need to rethink that. Uh, so right now we're helping our audience uh, digitally. We do free co-working on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Um, we've yeah. got two more weeks of that. If anyone's interested in signing up, we can definitely get you guys in. Um, and then we also do our mastermind um, virtually as well. So what kind of challenges do you think your membership are facing right now? Like what, what are you hearing the most of? Are they most worried about uh, bringing in revenue? Or are they most worried about like what their business is going to look like, you know, in three to six months? Like, what are you guys hearing from people? Honestly, we've been hearing that a lot of people are just missing connection. Mm-hmm. They're sick of online events. They're sick of, you know, Zoom calls, even though they're fabulous, but they're, they're just getting a little bit tired of it. They really want in-person connection. That's what we've been hearing the most from our audience for sure. Um, yeah. And then also how thankful they are for the Grand Prairie community. Like it's been yeah. as hard as this has been, it's been so cool to see so many businesses pivoting in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hear that a lot too, is like, oh, we would never would have thought of this idea if it wasn't for COVID. We would never have got, like personally, we would have not got our online shop up as quickly as we did. And like so many restaurants and things like that are doing like these, um, you know, grocery boxes or uh, grill boxes. And that's something that, it was very, very limited in 
in Grand Prairie to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's neat to see people pivoting, but yeah, I agree. Connection is where people are missing the most. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of innovative ideas within the community and that's been awesome to see. Yeah, definitely. And also a lot of people supporting local too, which is awesome. Always, (laughs) always good. Um, What do you think, what do you think is going to happen as things start to open up? Do you like, do you think people are going to rush back out there and like put themselves right back into these situations where there's lots of people in a closed space? Do you think it's going to be more of a slower kind of, you know, uptick or what are you, what's your sense on that? It's hard to tell. I think some people will be cautious for sure. And then I think there'll be another group that will rush in. So I think it just depends on the person. Yeah. Right now I see like my Instagram and stuff is filled with people at restaurants and, you know, out on the patio and stuff. I'm personally not quite there yet. Um, So yeah, I think it's going to be like a a group of people, but I think people are going to really appreciate each other more. They're going to appreciate that connection. They're going to appreciate that long line that they have to wait in at the grocery store because that kind of stuff, used to annoy us. And now I'm, I'm finding ways to be more grateful with it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a really tough adjustment and uh, you know, all of us, I'm, we all probably have the same kind of goal, which is we, we want our businesses to succeed. So speaking of that, what kind of, um, do you want to highlight any of your member businesses that have been uh, uh, either trucking along and doing great things or maybe need like a little bit extra exposure or maybe some of the things that you guys have uh, would be interested in highlighting. I know it's tough because you don't want to leave anybody out, but what's just a, what's just a few that kind of stand out to you that have maybe had to pivot recently to try to, uh, you know, adjust to what's happening. You know, the headroom for me is a big one. Um, Danielle, who owns it, she's a big supporter of us and we really, really appreciate her. Um, and she has, well, she can be now open now with limited amount of people, but before she was doing uh, take home boxes, which is really unique because I saw also a lot of hair dressing places weren't doing that. So I definitely give her a good nod for doing that and being innovative. Mm-hmm. I think that Janelle with, with Chow Bella, like she just amazes me how yeah. far she's gone with this. Like she's been transparent behind the scenes too about things about like, Um, how much she used to make in products and now how much she's making a month with product sales and stuff. And it's just amazing to see people supporting her and then, you know, seeing her, her office space just filled up with bags that she's delivering every day and she's pivoted and she's uh, similar to Danielle helped us ladies. And she's, you know, doing at home pedicure kits and facial kits and getting behind the camera all the time and teaching us things. And I mean, we have nothing better to do, but learn. So yeah, definitely. Do you feel like people are are more at ease with being in front of the camera now than they were, say, three months ago? Or do you think there's still that reluctance to be the the kind to put yourself out there that way? For me, it's getting easier because when I'm on Zoom calls, I am staring at myself. And that was the thing I found the most awkward on stories and stuff is just like literally talking to yourself and nobody else is there or you feel awkward if there is somebody else there because you're not actually talking to them <laughs> yeah. um, so I think stuff have helped me with that so I'm, I hope it's helped others and will we see both of you featured in more videos for the glow collective coming up I hope so. <laughs> yes I did my first Instagram yesterday so <laughs> awesome. yes. we'll definitely do doing more that like I don't care what somebody else posts. I never like judge what somebody else is doing wrong and like all the things that I judge myself for. So I think for anybody too, it's just like, be kind to yourself. We're all learning. Yeah. What do you think the future of events is going to look like over the next 12 months? 
being that you've helped, you've hosted so many, so you really understand the ramifications of what's happening on events specifically. Um, what are what are some of the things that you guys are looking at, or what do you think is going to need to happen in order to host events successfully going forward? <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big question. Yeah, they're all so unknown. Um, I'm a little nervous about indoor events and just like what that's going to look like. Like mm -hmm. our space, we can be six feet apart, but I don't know if we could fit 15 people six feet apart. Like I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're going to have to start hosting more events outdoors, if that's going to help us, or I don't know. It's, it's hard to know what the regulations are going to be. And I think it's uncomfortable to, you know, being wearing a mask for that long or doing an interview with a mask on. And it's just not something that I really want to do. So I guess we'll, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens with the Alberta laws. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly watching what some of the other countries are doing. I don't think anybody's quite there yet where they're back to kind of concerts and, and sporting events and all that sort of stuff. So, um, but it's something that we all have to be kind of considering, especially like for you guys, if events are kind of a big part of how you build your community and how you keep them connected. Right. Cause Virtual events are not going to be able to, would you think, ever replace the in-person, you know, experience? No. One no. thing virtual events has been neat with for, um, like, the really big names, like Rachel Hollis. Um, for me to afford to go to a conference of hers, like, it's flights, it's hotels, it's food away, it's an mm -hmm. expensive ticket, on and on and on. I was able to take part of her conference for $65 for my living room, and it was awesome. Like it was great, but I don't think that that style is going to replace events, but I'm wondering if it will help, um, like supplement them a little bit. Like maybe they will be doing live, um, feeds of it. And like, if I had the chance and I had the money and I had the time to go to a Rachel Hollis event, I would choose that over a digital event. But if right. that's all I could make, I would be very happy to have that digital event in my living room. Right. Yeah, there's there's definitely a unique uh, experience with in-person events as to digital. Um, and it's, that's something that you can't replace and you can't replicate. So in-person events will definitely carry on just maybe in a different way. Yeah, because one thing I've struggled with is how do you that it's the yes, the content is one of the pieces, but the other is the meeting the people, the talking in between sessions, the networking, exactly. so to speak. How do you replace that on a virtual experience like like, I just don't know how you get there with that to be able to like, oh, hey, I want to talk to those two and then go over here and have a conversation, then come back to the main kind of event. Like, is I don't even know if that's possible. I know Zoom, you can do like little side breakup things, rooms. But, but I mean, do you just you go randomly pick someone on the list and say, hey, go into this room with me. I want to chat like it just I don't know, like what the protocol is going to be there. right? Uh, we're actually attending a conference this weekend. Um, it's called the Gem Conference. And they have promised some kind of like a networking virtual meetup. I, I, I think it said like a networking room. So yeah, I'm so curious what's going to look like because there's yeah. all the platforms. I I believe that's the one that I read that like, they're promising like a conference experience. And they call it like the conference center and stuff like that. So hmm. I don't know. I'll get back to you though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So one of the things I noticed because um, I was doing some stuff with Alberta Booster here earlier this month um, with the ATB, and when I was researching it and looking into it, I happened to notice that there was you guys were on their website as having done a booster campaign. So I was hoping we could take some time to just chat a little bit about that because um, I think it's an you know I certainly had my eyes opened a little bit to what that kind of a platform can be because I think I had some assumptions about what it did or what it does and and maybe my new assumptions are wrong I'm not sure so would you guys talk a little bit about kind of how you've used it what your experience was and any tips for anybody because I know a few people in this uh, Facebook group have looked at it and considered using it as kind of a, a way to supplement with their business what are kind of some of your takeaways from that or can you explain a bit about how you got into it and what kind of your goals were with it and, and did you achieve them? Yeah. So we uh, started, we did it um, for the month of February last year. So 2019 and it's a really great way. Well, first I'll introduce what ATB is or the booster is it's a crowdfunding platform. Yep. So what that is, it's um, getting the audience to buy into your idea. We're using a reward system. So we had different rewards set up that people could purchase, and then that would help us uh, with our goal. So we started in February of 2019, which was great because we were hosting a lot of events at that time. So we were able to um, introduce our audience to it. And dad is blanked. <laughs> Chelsea, do you want to continue? <laughs> I feel like My thoughts just stopped. <laughs> um, so, we, yeah, we did it in February and we were part of the Build Her Business Challenge. So, we launched with, I can't even remember how many people across like, the province. 30, like, 40? Yeah. 30 to 50 quite a few. If people. Okay. Um, and we did a video, we did a really great video that introduced our audience to the idea. We had had a couple of Glow Collectives, so we had some pretty good footage to share. Um, and we just kind of told our, our plan of like what we wanted to do and mm -hmm. what we were going to use the money for. So we were able to raise um, $10,000, right? Or was it? It was just over 8000 that we raised. So, oh yes, our, our um, okay. I feel like there's like so many parts of this because they're not going to build her business challenge anymore. But the part of the challenge was you got to uh, win um, a business consulting and a meeting with, uh, so what is her name? Wow, this is really bad. From the Dragon's Den. Oh, Arlene Dickinson, probably. No. Uh, no. Was it Minhas? Minhas. Last name Minhas? Oh, can't remember uh, her first name. Okay, I know what you mean though. Yeah. Anyways, a lady from the Dragon's Den. <laughs> Quite a bit on like that we wanted to win. And you won by the percent you raised. So we had we wanted ten thousand dollars, but we knew that if we we could reach it, but could we exceed it? And that's what we needed to do was to exceed it. So we did 114% of our budget. So we were able to like we were put into the runnings to win. We didn't end up winning um, a couple really great clothing businesses, one from Alberta, which is super awesome. But it was neat to be a part of a challenge like that because we were able to cheer each other on, even though it was competition. We had a Facebook group where we shared our wins, our losses, our questions, our confusions, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of support behind it. Um, they are doing like a build her business um month like they did it this year again 
but it wasn't a challenge because of course with challenges come competition and there was some problems with that and you had to be really really strategic so not only were you trying to raise this money through a campaign and a booster you had to be super strategic about it too um so we we raised our money and we got all of our rewards out within great time um we had lots of people that were super happy about it atb was fantastic like they had a lot of support i will say it is frustrating being up in like Grand Prairie that has an entrepreneur center, but we're very small compared to Edmonton and Calgary. So mm-hmm. we were always invited to the events that they were doing that. But I mean, as we all know, it's a long trip to go to a two hour event at ATB in Edmonton. Yeah. And um, they, they sometimes forgot a little bit about us up in here, up here in Grand Prairie. I think that they're working on that though. Um, but we had Tracy Pearson from Cozy Intentions help us along the way. She successfully did a booster um, prior to us. I think it was like a year or so prior. And she had really, really great success. Um, so if anybody's looking at like testing an idea out, it's a way that you can do it with very little cost. And at least, you know, like you can put it out there. You can do your best marketing efforts. Um, another tip I have is just because you build it, people are not going to come. You have to put effort into it like an ATB booster isn't just like let's come up with rewards and like record a video and then we're gonna get money it doesn't happen that way you really really need to work but you have the support there you have the support from ATB they bring on mentors from past years um Shannon and I did uh, like a question and answer at the entrepreneur center six six or so months ago and um we're happy to help anybody too if anyone has questions we're happy to you know assist you along the way or talk about our challenges mm-hmm. more or our successes or so yeah a little sorry to cut you off okay. there Shannon. go ahead that's okay I was just going to say some tips that I would have um would be to explain to your audience what crowdfunding is okay. because it's still a new topic to some people and so they don't understand it. And so just really explaining what the concept is and what they have to do and that their credit card is not purchased unless you reach your goal. A lot of people um, do not understand that. They thought they were just purchasing it. Whereas if you don't meet your goal, then their money doesn't get charged and then they don't get the reward. Hmm. Um, And then another thing with rewards might tie into your question is that uh, you want your reward to be unique and something that they can only purchase at that time because you want someone to purchase right now as opposed to waiting six months and then purchasing from you then. So what kind of rewards did you guys have? We had um, tickets Some for merchandise. Yeah, we did branded merchandise. We partnered with Cozy Intentions and did a package with her. We, we partnered with a few businesses in Grand Prairie, which was really nice because we love supporting local. And then you kind of get to share the promotion of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is super convenient. Uh, you reach more, more people that way. Um, what else did we have, Shannon? Um, we had our membership to the Goal Collective at the time. So we had quite a few people purchase that. Yeah. We had tickets to our events, uh, tickets to upcoming retreats that we were doing. It's definitely important to have um, a big price range because somebody might have in their mind that they're there to spend $75 on you because they want to support you. And then they go and the closest reward is like a $15 item or a hundred dollar item. So that happened to us. We had to come up with some different ideas um, because we received that feedback from our community. And that's cool about ATP booster too, is you don't have to come up with every single one of your rewards. You can be strategic about the way that you promote things. You can 
add things as you go, um, listen to your audience. They make it super, super easy. And they redid their platform too. Their platform in the past was really outdated and confusing, but they have worked really, really hard in the past year and have come up with a super user-friendly platform. So, so you come up with your goal, then you come up with your kind of your video explaining and obviously probably some written text as well. You need to have like a set of rewards from anywhere from like $10 all the way up to what was your top reward value? Do you think, do you remember? Um, I think it was about a thousand dollars and it was a retreat ticket. Okay. So a thousand dollars. So you kind of had stuff all the way in between. Did you have many thousand dollar buy-ins or? Um, we had a couple of retreat tickets sold. Yes. Um, not that specific one though. You're correct. Not that specific one. We had other retreats though that people did purchase. And we, um, when we launched it, we had our Awaken Your Glow retreat that we hosted in February last year. So people were already excited for the next one. So retreat tickets were a pretty easy um, buy-in. And did those people get something special with their retreat ticket or was it just a standard retreat ticket or was it kind of like a different VIP experience or did they get something else with their ticket or? Yeah, we made sure each thing was like a unique experience. So that Mm -hmm. one we gave um, like a product Mm -hmm. pack away. Okay. Okay. So you had your rewards and you had to get all that set up and then you had to promote it. So I'm assuming um, you used email. I'm assuming you have an email list. Mm-hmm. Um, used your social media. Did you pay to boost to like do any paid social media or was it all just organic? I think that we paid for a couple like general posts saying like, hey, we're on ETP Booster, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. But mm-hmm. most of it was organic word of mouth um, sharing. Okay. What was the most successful, do you think? If someone were to do this on their own, what 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 stream got the most people in? Was it just through your own personal shares or your email or? I think it was through Facebook because we were really um, able to show off the products too, especially mm-hmm. like our new merchandise and stuff. A lot of people hadn't seen it yet. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, support of our, like our community, our family, our friends, our um, colleagues, our um, guests that come to our events, like, our community was the most supported. So I would make sure if, and if you don't have a community, that's okay. Like you can build that community through proper use of social media and posting on some of the, the free pages that um, we have in Grand Prairie for advertising. Like you can build your community as you go, mm-hmm. but I do recommend if you do have your community, like leverage them a lot. Did you have many people outside of Grand Prairie support you? Yeah. We did have a few. Yep. Mm-hmm. And where did they come from? Um, we had some people in BC and Edmonton, I think Calgary. And that's also something that you have to be mindful of is that, um, anywhere in North America, I believe can boost your, um, booster. And uh, just to keep in mind shipping costs when you're uh, deciding on your reward. Mm, I and see. GST, if you want to. And GST. Yep. How you're going to do that. Yep. Okay. And so they, they buy it all on the platform. Like they would say, I want to boost this campaign. Here's my hundred dollars. The money goes into the campaign. It gets held until you reach your goal. Then it gets charged. And then you get some sort of report that says, here's all the rewards. And I'm sure you can see it as you go too. So you know how well you're doing, right? Yes. Yes. Nice. So it's an experience that uh, you guys enjoyed or... I'm assuming because you talk about it fairly promise, positively. <laughs> yes, we definitely did enjoy it. Yep. We definitely it was, recommend it to other people. It was definitely a test though. Like we had 
we had our um, retreat happening that like in February, we had that happening in February. We had a glow collective happening in February. Like it was, it was a very, very draining month. So I do recommend not doing that. I would recommend <laughs> um, kind of spacing things out because we underestimated the amount of effort that would go into the ATV booster. Um, mm -hmm. We were successful with it, but it wasn't without a lot of hard work. With the situation we're in right now, do you see any opportunities for companies to use this platform to do different things during um, this time? Like, can you think of a few um, examples or things that you've seen that maybe people could be using that for or any ideas that you've had for some of your members potentially? I definitely think that a lot of people right now are, you know, having an aha moment and maybe not loving going back to like a nine to five type thing or have a business idea in mind. And I think, like I said earlier, the booster is a really good opportunity to just test that idea. And you don't have to set your goal at $10,000 and shoot for the stars. You can, you can set it for $3,000 and just try out and sell some of your services. And, um, you do get traffic, definitely get traffic from people on the platform because, um, you have to go to the platform to boost other people. And then they suggest, um, other businesses or other rewards that work for them. Uh, so you do get, traffic from that too so i think that if you are planning on launching a business or you're thinking of an idea or you have a product and you just want to you know use the prototype and try to get it out there and see if it's worth it i think it's a really good opportunity especially right now to um to test it and we're all on social media we're all on our phones we're all on our computers so often so i feel like people are going to see it more often as well mm -hmm. and does the local does the support local part of that campaign really talk to people or do they, do they think it's more like a corporate thing and it's a, you know, like a Kickstarter campaign or something, or does the message really come across? What do you think, Shannon? Does it kind I, of? I think because it's from ATB and ATB is a huge advocate for local entrepreneurs. I feel mm -hmm. like that helps um, that it's not just a Kickstarter campaign, um, but also that goes back to your community and explaining to them what crowdfunding is and that it's supporting you, a local right. business. And do they do much in the branches or, or through their custom, like does ATB kind of the bank support the campaigns or like, would they say locally, like, Hey, we've got this local booster campaign going on, check it out, like in the branches or anything, or. They did a little bit of advertising for the build your business competition um, because that was a good media like it was, it was in the news a lot in Edmonton and Calgary, um, not necessarily Grand Prairie. But other than that, I haven't seen them advertise any campaigns individually. And I believe that's because they don't want to play favorites and they can't necessarily maybe advertise all the campaigns that are on there, especially if they have 30 to 50, like for, for example, for the build your business um, month, mm -hmm. um, that would be a lot of social media posts for them to keep up with. So um, other than the competition aspect of it, where they did post a little bit, um, it was general posting, not specific business posting also. Okay. Um, so you do get support from them in other ways, but not necessarily social media support. Okay. So you could use it to launch your business. You could use it to test a new product line, potentially. Like if you were, if you were making a new line of perfume or chocolates or that sort of stuff, you could come up with like a reward system for that, right? Yes. Um, what are some of the other things that you think or like what other types of businesses? Does it work for service businesses? Yes. Um, people like tangible items, though. So I think that 
that was our problem too. A lot of our stuff was a service. We were an event business. We didn't have merchandise or anything like that, yeah. um, but people like tangible items. So that's where we kind of started to expand and started to get a little bit more merchandise. But if you don't have merchandise or you don't want to get into merchandise at all, just partner with a local business that is um, similar. And if you explain what's going on, like they're, they're not going to charge you full price. They're going to probably help you out and give you a wholesale price because it's a win-win situation. And that's, right. yeah, collaboration is key, I okay. think. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're home-based or if you're brick and mortar, right? Because it doesn't discriminate either way. Um, what other kinds of businesses are there? So people like people who are doing things like farmers, let, they would take it to a farmer's market is kind of perfect for this, right? In a way, because they've got a tangible product that they could, I mean, I guess you wouldn't really be able to ship food necessarily unless it was chocolate or coffee or something, but you couldn't ship yeah. like potatoes or <laughs> something. But what you could do is do recipes or like, I'm sure there's a million different ways to approach this, hey? Oh, there I is. So the ideas many. are endless. Yep. And like you guys potato farmers out there too, you could do just like a local pickup for certain items. Like oh. you, you don't necessarily have to ship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did, uh, sorry. I had a, I had a question and now it got right out of my head. Um, so, oh, have you thought about doing a challenge with your own membership for something like this to, to get them to go outside their comfort zone a little? No, we haven't. No, I love that idea. <laughs> I'm sure ATV would up be up for it. They seem like they're up for everything. Um, so someone asked a question. Did you have some creative ideas that weren't a product or service and did it work? That weren't a product or service. I wonder what that would be. You um, had a donation. And you had a donation. Oh. Some people were just like, I just want to give you money. Like, I don't need your products. Mm -hmm. which was yeah. nice but um we had a donation um either five or ten dollars and some people I, if they just wanted to donate more they would do like five times ten dollars or whatever yeah. Um, yeah. And, and on the platform i think there's a donation spot where they can oh, enter in a certain amount okay that they, if they want yeah yeah i was just thinking like my daughter she raised money to travel with her school and so she would make scarves oh. and she would them to the farmer's market and I thought man if this had been out there because people literally would walk up to her they'd read her little sign and they'd say I don't need a scarf but here's 20 bucks to go towards your trip like I could totally yeah. see um, that sort of donation working for sure I know you can do that with Kickstarter I know um, this one gentleman he raises money every year he actually oh no ever anyways um, <laughs> I, had, I had a thought uh, he raises every Every year he raises money to go traveling. Yeah. And, um, but I'm not sure what his rewards were. I didn't personally look into it, yeah. but I heard about that. Nice. Hmm. Cool. Well, I mean, I think it's a great platform. I did some preliminary digging and I could see it working for a lot of businesses. And uh, I think that um, sometimes maybe people like you guys, you join that kind of challenge and it wasn't about the prize, right? It was, but it was motivation, it was accountability, there was support there. So I could see how um, doing something like that could be very beneficial for a group of people, right? And for us, like we we needed money. We wanted to expand our idea and we needed a buy-in from the community or someone to give us money. And we looked at going to a bank and it was, it was scary. Like they wanted a lot of information. They wanted our firstborn children. Like it was, it was crazy how much um, they wanted us to be personally tied to it too. And it was, it was scary for both of our families to think about having that. 
So what we did instead was we raised the money through the booster and you don't have to jump through all those hoops that a loan has. And if you only need, you know, eight to $10,000, it's, I think it's a great opportunity, even more. Like I believe Tracy wrote, raised over $20,000 for cozy intentions. Like you can really like the sky's the limit. But one thing you do have to be mindful of is if you go get a $10,000 loan from the bank, it's $10,000. You get a $10,000 booster it might only be $3,000 because all of your products, all your service have costs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is a cost to doing business with the booster that way, but there's no, cost. there's actually no cost. So I'm guessing that, um, and I know that recently they waived their fees for like the transaction fees too. So that's something that will help reduce the expenses for people. I'm guessing that if at some point you guys um, like, the planning, like you, you maybe the first time you did it, you maybe didn't do enough planning or had to kind of rejig as you went, but you probably now would suggest that someone sit down, plan it all out, how they're going to market it, what their budget's going to be, what their budget is going to be. Cause I can imagine some people be like, Oh, uh, here, put this uh, bottle in there and, and this, uh, you know, and, and we'll grab this t-shirt without really considering either the end user's perceived value of that product or the cost that it costs you to make it. If they're giving you $30 and you're giving them a $15 t-shirt, um, probably not the best choice, right? Like there's probably some strategy involved in that. And it sounds like that's something that you guys could probably help them with. Hey, mm-hmm. definitely. I would create like a spreadsheet on your own computer. The booster does have like, um, like places to do that within there too but just create a spreadsheet and figure out like what your goals are and how much you need to make of each item and how much you need to um to raise and like what that's going to look like as far as costs right yeah Yeah. cool well i mean we'll make sure that your contact information is here so anyone watching this that wants to reach out and find out more i know there was lots of interest about the booster campaign and how it worked and uh you know that might be something you find yourself talking about more often here for the next little bit maybe um so as we kind of close out here um any kind of, I don't know, observations or tips or advice that you've kind of been giving out or that you've been hearing um, that you think would be helpful to kind of the people watching this video either this morning or, you know, over the next week or so? Any kind of pearls of wisdom that you want to share from your perspective? <laughs> no pressure. Um, I think really just be kind to yourselves, like, especially in the time of COVID. I mean, it's a lesson that I'm going to learn hopefully for the rest of my life is just to be a little more kind to myself from this. But if you need to take a moment and you need to lay on the couch all day, just do it. Like just take a nap, you know, push pause, whatever you need to do, get your priorities out of the way and then just relax and recharge and know that your inspiration will come again. Like this too shall pass. We'll get through this and um, figure out our new normal together. Um, Mm -hmm. But don't be afraid to put yourself out there and don't be afraid to get started. Okay. Yeah, it's a good one. Shannon? Um, And I would say um, one would be to be kind to other people as well, because you never know what other people are going through and what struggles they're going through during this time. Not everyone's open and shares their personal life. Yeah. Um, And another one would be to stay connected. So whether that be with social distancing far apart from your family members or through online Zoom call with family or friends, but just to stay connected because that's important during this time. Awesome. 
Well, thanks, ladies, for your insight. And, and I mean, I know it's frustrating because you're probably building momentum and you're just getting super excited to get your see the fruition of all of your plans. And like many of us, they got a big break put right on all of that. But I know it sounds like you're in a good position to uh, be ready to launch as soon as you're able to do so, so safely. Um, how can people get a hold of you? What are the, what's the best ways to get a hold of you if they want to ask more questions or become a member of your community? Because I'm sure that membership has its privileges even now while we're virtual, right? Mm -hmm. um, our website is a really great place to start, theglowcollective.ca. And from there, we have all of our channels um, linked. So we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and you can reach out to either one of us um, or hello at, uh, oh, I was about to say our old email. Hello <laughs> at theglowcollective.ca. And that okay. goes to both Shannon and I, and we'd be happy to help you guys. Great. Uh, anything else before we're done? Is that, do we, do we talk about everything that we kind of said we were going to talk about? I think so. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Oh yeah, anytime, anytime. I'm glad that uh, to spread shed some light on what you guys are doing and uh, kind of, you know, get the more people I think that understand what you're up to, the better. And uh, people don't always feel comfortable asking, right? To, they, again, like that whole kind of isolating themselves and not reaching out and kind of breaking down those kind of barriers. So hopefully this video will help you know, if you get a few ladies reaching out to you for support and to become a part of your membership, I'm sure that that would have massive impact on their business and uh, and who knows who 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 we can possibly help now, right? Absolutely. Great. Definitely. Okay. Thank you very much, ladies. I really appreciate your time. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of B2B Obsessed. We hope you enjoyed what you're listening to. And if so, please subscribe to this podcast channel to get notified every time we upload a new episode. Or if you'd like to watch some video, we have a channel on YouTube and we're constantly posting interviews there as well. One last thing, if you'd like to connect with other small business owners, go to Facebook and search Alberta Small Business Success and join our private Facebook group. That's where the action's happening. 